You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Christy Nix, a well-known face in the Rockford area from 17 Eyewitness News. Christy, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We have had an awesome time. We just did a, we did a Facebook live video to introduce this podcast. We had a good time uh, doing that. If you, if you had a chance to catch that, you can visit us on Facebook, uh, whatever, slash Thinker Ventures. Yep. I don't know. Search for us, right? <laughs> right? Or thinkerventures.com. And you can catch Christy. If you're in the Rockford area, you can catch her on 17 Eyewitness News. Christy, uh, we were talking about uh, newscasting school. No, it's not called that. Yeah. And apparently they don't have they don't have uh, a class on what to do with your hands while you're on the air. No, not so much. You just get like trial and error on that and you learn very quickly what things work and what things don't i mean they do tell you which gestures not to make on air right that part they do touch on but it, you part, guys can probably figure out maybe some of those part, for yourself but is it part of the uh part of the uh interview process they figure out if you're fidgeting and if you're a fidgeter you have to stay in the behind the scenes <laughs> they, they kick you to the back now right. we work through those things and we're all fidgety at times like i'm spinning in my stool right now because i don't normally have a spinny stool yeah to, oh i mean yes. my chair does spin but i would get in big trouble if I did that on yeah. set. So, and I've heard. So I've I've seen this. I don't know if this is true or not. I work off of half facts all the time. Okay, but in <laughs> in news, I've I I believe sometimes people like they'll have a dress shirt up top and a coat or whatever, and then they'll have like shorts. Yeah, down below. That's a thing. That's definitely Come a thing. On. So especially when I have two boys, one's three and one's one. Yeah, especially when I was pregnant, um, and I did work on weekends for a little bit when I was pregnant with uh, my son Jack. And I would wear yoga pants for a little bit because as any <laughs> expectant mother out there knows, right, yeah. pants don't quite fit right. <laughs> yeah. So I wore yoga pants and I have tennis shoes on right now. And 90% of the time that is what is underneath the desk. And then oh, if we man. have this interview where I might have my feet shown, I run out and grab my high heels, which are underneath my desk. But they're wow. far less comfortable. So All the secrets of how people stay comfortable. And now you guys know when you're sipping your morning coffee and you're watching the news that <laughs> I have a pair of Converse on underneath the desk. <laughs> I went in one morning for one of their morning shows because one of our clients was on there and I'd never been on the set. And it was kind of interesting because you've got people over here doing their thing, yeah. right? Over there, people are milling about and talking. I thought it was like compartmentalized. No, it's like one big factory. One big room. We're one yeah. big happy family most yeah. of the time. Yep. Yeah, it does seem like... It, I, it, is it... Is it so? It's a smaller space than what would think. People would think? always say that they walk so, in and they're like, "Wow, this is so much smaller than what we envisioned on yeah. TV." <laughs> and I was it's being a- like super quiet. They're like, "Oh, that's fine. They're all in the headsets. They can't hear you." Yeah. You know. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you can visit quietly, just as long as you're not, you know, being really loud. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But yeah, huh. that's a fun little little fact. It, it goes right up there. Everybody's always like, "Oh, your studio is so much smaller than I would have thought." Same with me. People are like, "Oh, you're so much taller in person." Well. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, I sit most of the time, so. Yeah, yeah so how would the people other thing know? Was, exactly. you know? You guys are so super excited to have food. Is that like a, a, a key to get oh, on that goodness. show? Okay, so the morning <laughs> show, we absolutely love food. But really, really and truly, we love trying local food. Okay, so I think you were there with Shana yeah. Murata. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah from Tastefully Healthy. From Tastefully Healthy. Fantastic. So, yeah, it was really fun to have her on. And she was one of my state line strongs. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, so she brought on some of her dishes. And, yeah, we, we live for food. On the morning show. It kind of keeps us going through the whole four hours because we got the two, you know, five to seven on ABC and then seven to nine on Fox. So we got to be fueled up. Let's talk about State Line Strong because uh, if anybody's listening to this show that's not from Rockford, uh, if you Google Rockford, probably the first thing that's going to pop up is we're one of the highest crime communities in America. 
second thing maybe is our education. Rockford has a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. So uh, where did State Line Strong come from, and what's the goal of it? Okay, so... I'm going to back this way up <laughs> and go all the way back to high school with this. You ready for a okay. throwback? All right, back it up. So um, in my high school broadcasting class, we always watched Steve Hartman stories. So if anybody who watches CBS, they've okay. seen Steve Hartman. He's done a whole bunch of different stories. Um, and they're always very, you know, they're featured. They're always showing their average person doing really cool things. And so then I got my first job here in Rockford. And uh, and that was one of those things I, I carried with me. I just always wanted to do that. I always wanted to tell those stories. And, you know, especially after reporting a long time doing, you know, the city council stuff. And, yes, going out on different crime scenes and things. It was one of those things that really kind of weighed on me and just wanted to have that opportunity. So um, last summer, I talked to my then news director about it and, and went ahead and went with it and called it State Line Strong and just really wanting to highlight the positives in Rockford because I think – as most people out there, if you really sit back and you think about it, yeah, Rockford's got its challenges, but there's so much good here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know everybody wants to say, too, hey, well, you know, we hate seeing that on the news every single time. Well, we, we don't really like covering it for what it's worth right, either. Totally. And we want to we want to throw in the positive stuff, too. And we know that there's tons of people out there who are doing good things. It could be something so simple as, you know, hey, like this person just went and volunteered at, you know, a local shelter or something like that for, you know, they've been doing it off and on for years and here's why. It's just stuff like that. But our community thrives on those volunteers or thrives on those innovators or thrives on those people who have overcome challenges. Uh, I've done story, I did a story not that long ago too with uh, a woman who works at the rescue mission. She had, you know, had battled addiction for a good chunk of her life, beat that and came back and works at the rescue mission now. So it's one of those things you see that stuff and it just really keeps you going because it makes you think that you've got, you might have your own challenges in life, but you can overcome it too. Mm -hmm. So it's actually the opposite of what popular perception is. Popular perception is the media is always focusing on the negative, but you're saying that it's more fun to do the positive. Oh, we love it. I, I would much rather talk about all the fun things in Rockford that are going on versus, you know, a crime scene. Of course. We need to cover those things. People do need to be aware about those things. But, yeah, definitely. People give me a positive story idea, and I will run with it. I love it. It's so much fun. And then that way, I think anybody who knows me, too, I I love to meet people. You guys are fantastic. No, we've got got listeners from outside the Rockford area, and and this this is a challenge I think a lot of communities have, uh, and other businesses have, too, where belief drives behavior, and sometimes belief isn't based in facts. So... The Rockford community, yeah, we we have a high high crime rate, but it doesn't mean that we don't have positive things. We had we had a we had a guy on uh, recently, Dan with Rock, West Rock Wake Park, Dan Jarrett, mm-hmm. he and he's got a, a a fascinating facility in combination with Rockford Park District. It was an amazing group uh, on the southwest side of Rockford, and he gets a bad rap, or that area gets a bad rap simply because it's so out of the way and it's and it's near. Some maybe less you desirable. You drive areas. through the west side to get yeah. to it, and some people don't want to do that. He actually draws better from the region than yeah. he does in the hometown. And it's interesting to me that people believe that that commun- that that area is is uh, not a good area, but they never have been there. 
And so they base their action simply on their belief, having never visited. And similarly, we're we're just two blocks off the west, you know off the river on the west side. Again, that kind of dividing line in our community where people aren't willing to go, you know, two blocks over the side. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Are you my, you know, I've got family members even who'll say, are you safe there? Is it going to be okay? I'm like, well, I, you know, I've had, <laughs> I've had worse areas, you know, and I've never had an issue in this area. Right. And, and I've talked to people who don't have issues and businesses who've been in this area, you know, for 25 years who've never had issues. It's interesting to me that the belief and perception and 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 how, uh, does drive behavior apart from facts. Is that how do you how do you look at that in terms of well, your plus you 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 moved here? What, yeah, part of that. What was your thought process when you're coming around? Because you're from an, sure you're you an did, outsider, and then all of a sudden yeah. now you're involved in and TV. Did, I'm and, sure you did the research. And media. Oh yeah, no, I did research. Um, yeah. I guess I wasn't really that worried about it because. Yeah. I think that there are bad things that are going to happen everywhere. You mm-hmm. can be in a town, a small town. I grew up in a small town. Things happen. Not anything huge. But there's still little bits of crime here and there. And mm-hmm. and I think it doesn't matter where you go. You know, like you mentioned, Iraq or the river really being the dividing line. Well, I mean, you get you get these situations that pop up east and west side. Yep. Okay. It Yeah. There's some a certain set of issues definitely on the west side that maybe challenge the community a little bit more. But that's not to say that all the west side is bad. Right. And, and, I, and I think it's kind of a shame that that is how people – I think – my here's how I've come to view it. Yeah. People who move into Rockford, I think are much more positive about it versus I think a hundred percent correct versus people who grew up yeah. here. Well, I'm, I, there's that saying, you know, a prophet has no honor in his own in his own town. Right. Because, well, I know you, I knew your backstory, how you were in high school, how the community was 30 years ago. And, and you lose that, uh, maybe, uh, I guess nobody's objective, but you you have so much of these subjective thoughts that just run in the undercurrent and overcoming those, a person from the outside just doesn't have that backstory. No, and I came to Rockford, and granted, when I moved here, was fresh out of college, Mm -hmm. um, got married. We were, you know, just a young couple, and Mm -hmm. we found plenty of fun things to go do and didn't really think twice about some of the issues. You know, then I had my two boys, and all I can think about is how really very family-friendly this area is. There's so many good things about this area. And I know that there's other communities out there like like that, too, that might get a bad rep, different cities, things like that. And and you just – I think you need to explore it for yourself and see the positives. And there are so many in Rockford. Right. (laughs) Really a ton. And it's interesting. So the media gets kind of a bad rap, too. Like we like we were just talking about how oh the media covers all these negative things mm-hmm. as as though that's as and I don't know if that's really true necessarily. You're saying no, we we cover positive things, and I've watched the news, I've listened to the radio. There are positive things happening all the time, and they're covering those things. Is it maybe just human nature that we hear the negativity more profoundly than we hear the positivity? I think that that is something that's true. I think people tend to latch on a little bit to those mm-hmm. negative things. It's it's a conversation piece. Let's be yeah, honest. Oh, right. hey, did you hear about what happened on the block? Things like that. Right. Um, interestingly enough, we did actually do kind of a, a study. Yeah. Where we had a group of people come in and, you know, ask them different questions about news and news coverage. And by far and away, people most gravitated toward in our community the things that they liked from this group, this group study they lean toward the breaking news and the crime yeah versus the positive and the positive was right up there too yeah um but see people to a degree want to know about it too so it's it's right. one of those things and and they need to know about it but you're right we do we do find plenty of positives we cover the state news too yeah. um things that try to you know really impact people city council meetings those things are very impactful in our community it's not just it's not just crime well and yeah. eric will eric wilson's on fox 39 now he does a great job with his manufacturing series mm-hmm. so you guys you you really do focus on trying to get those pieces out there which is um admirable because you could just maybe sit back and look at your web hits and say 
let's just go find more scandal, right? right. If, we're, if we're really shooting for web hits or you know more viewers, let's just go find scandal. But you guys have made that commitment not to do it that way. Does that come from the top? Um, I think it's kind of, it depends on the people. It's a bit from the top and we have a fantastic general manager um, and, and she really kind of pushes those things and, and likes to get in with the anchors in the sense of, okay, what do you guys care about? So yeah, so Eric does his, his stories on manufacturing and things that are made in the state line and kind of highlighting those things. I just like to talk to people, so they, <laughs> so I do state line strongs so where I get to meet all kinds of people. But yeah. um, you know, Mimi, education matters. Her kids just you know got done with high school. Those things that really matter to people. So we kind of have those conversations with the the talents and and see the things that they might like to cover. Yeah. So and then I think you give the right thing to the right person, and they're going to take off with it. Yeah. I think it's just a natural fit. Jay, my co-anchor in the morning too, does stories about behind the badge. We all know that a lot of like law enforcement's been under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. He finds a lot of those positive stories and not just, not just, you know, Hey, so-and-so helped get a kitten out of a tree, but it, it, he's also talking about the issues that law enforcement faces. So, um, the real, the real stories that are very important to our area that go beyond just the, Hey, you know, typical crime headlines you might see. Again, we're going to have to report those things, but we much rather do stories that we care about stories that we think the community would care about too. So in terms of media, uh, you've, you've been, in television, and uh, you were in, you, know, you studied broadcast, uh, broadcasting. It sounds like in, even back as far as as far back as high school. Way back in the right? day in high yeah. school, in Washington, those, Missouri. <laughs> were you one of those kids where you know if you if you had this home movie, you were in there with a little microphone in your hand, and you were. No, I actually no. was not. Okay, <laughs> for a long time I wanted to be a nurse, <laughs> and then I realized uh, I don't really like blood, so that's not going to work out. Yeah, that's problem. <laughs> but yeah, I did start in high school, and we had a really great broadcasting oh, program in my gotcha. high school, which okay. was nice and great teacher. And moved to AM radio. That was fun. Yeah, did some of that in my hometown again, little Washington, Missouri. It's outside of St. Louis. Nobody usually knows where it is, but it's a fantastic place. So you're to talking grow up. to your mom. Right. So yeah, pretty basically. much talking to my mom. No, <laughs> we had a great. We talking did. Okay. Mom and radio. Yeah, there, yeah. My mom and my dad. Okay, and my grandparents too. So I did that. Then yeah, went to school for it. Went to University of Missouri. Yeah, it was a really good school for broadcast journalism, and I'm really glad and blessed that I got the opportunity to be there. Yeah. and then moved up here, and so, I stayed here. So what have you seen change in media? Because the internet has the the internet and the availability of people. I mean, we just did this Facebook Live thing. Suddenly, we're newscasters too. Mm-hmm. What what have you seen change in how people engage with news or current events uh, or you know positives, negatives, uh, technology? Where where are you seeing all of that kind of that I don't know the 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 tide shifting? You know, as technology has enabled all everybody to be a communicator. Yeah, it really kind of runs the gamut. So. I love having the fact that viewers will chime in on different stories that they care about. You're right. We do Facebook lives and things all the time. People kind of weigh in and share their thoughts about whatever topic, um, positive and negative. <laughs> that yeah. comes with the territory. And that can be scary sometimes. You're <laughs> not can... sure what they're going to say. <laughs> exactly. Very true. Um, so it's kind of neat to get the feedback and hear what stories people are caring about or their yeah. concerns too. Um, I think you get a whole different just a whole different perspective from people. So, you know, a lot of times you might be covering a city council meeting. You're going to post about it on Facebook, what they're talking about. And then you're going to have viewers weighing in saying, hey, well, what about this or that? Or, well, how does that in fact impact my neighborhood? So it's kind of nice because then you can kind of go off in that direction and say, well, hey, yeah, let me find out how it's going to impact your neighborhood. So it's one of those ways where it, I think 
is much more interactive. Mm -hmm. So our news is much more actually catered to viewers than I think it ever really used to be versus your your typical person sitting at the desk and (laughs) with their tie on and ready to go and they're preaching at you. It's not that. It's that viewers are giving us ideas and then we're trying to follow up on them, get out there. So it's it's much more, I guess... uh, yeah, interactive. Collaborative? Collaborative. Interesting. And people send in the videos all the time. And, and, and one of the things that does get tricky is, yeah, you want to make sure what they're sharing with you is factual. But that's that's right. the point of media, too. You're journalists. You're yeah. going to go and seek out the, the information. So just because maybe somebody sends a tip into us and then we don't follow up on it, well, that's not us ignoring it. It just might be that it right. ended up not being the case on something. So you just have to be really, I think, double-checking your facts and that's something that we work really hard on and then kind of going with it. Because there is this interesting uh, mentality along with, like we talk about, the, it might be human nature to to want to see the uh, the negativity and run with that because, you know, who cares about positives sometimes? I don't know. Maybe that's human nature. But there's also this human nature, uh, I think, towards the Internet. Well, I saw it on the Internet. I saw it on Wikipedia. It's a trusted source. Look at all the information they have there for because they have a different platform than me, then maybe, uh, maybe it's right. Maybe they're truthful in what they're they're putting out there, and so maybe maybe people don't want to fact check it themselves, and they just take a take the first well, thing they I, see. So last week, Eric uh, or two weeks ago, Eric Wilson was at Harlem doing CareerCon, and we ended up in the same room. And and I'm sure this has probably happened to you. A person came up and started yelling at Eric because of this story that they saw that he did hmm. that they didn't like. And Eric's like, I didn't do that story. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I saw you. And he's, <laughs> Eric's like, no, that was this other channel. And that person just refused, right? It's, it's Right. Yeah. Have you ever had to run into something like that where people are blaming you for something that happened in the media somewhere else? Oh, definitely. So we get that a lot. We will run national stories um, and at times, and, and people sometimes will like, hey, I don't like that. That was really biased, things like that. Or just because, okay, so we're ABC and a Fox affiliate. Well, you might get people to say, oh, you're ABC, so you must be really liberal. And oh, but you're Fox, and you must be overly you know, Republican right. or conservative. <laughs> well, no, we're local news. <laughs> Right. That's not the case. We're just right. going to go out there and, and do our due diligence. The shows are syndicated and we're not. Yeah. So that is that is one of <laughs> that, those challenges. That probably actually helps you locally because everybody's, it seems like everybody's going off into camps. Right. right? And if you, you know, your your company owns um, uh, stations that are that are ideo- ideologically probably on different camps. And, and it probably helps you because you can say, no, I, look at this. I represent both teams. No, (laughs) I guess in in theory you could say that. But no, I mean, I just think people sometimes forget that they might see, you know, hey, the ABC or the Fox or, you know, other teams, CBS or NBC, too. And and they're going to lump that in. But really, Mm -hmm. local news, we're not overly focused. We're going to give you the national news headlines. Yeah. But but we're not going to get into the, you know, you're not breaking it down for the news talk. Yeah. No, we'll let the networks do that for you guys. Right? <laughs> yeah, all the scandals out there too. So this, yeah, so media is changing. You're, you see that more of a collaborative thing now, not that media's uh, maybe TV or radio are being destroyed in some way, but now there's this collaborative conversation where instead, if I hear you right, instead of you sitting across the, uh, uh, you know, a table and just broadcasting out into the ether and hoping that somebody's hearing you and maybe receiving a letter, you know, a week later, now it's all, now it's suddenly they're part of that dialogue mm-hmm. and you can respond 
in the moment if necessary, follow up in the moment and then have a conversation. It's kind of crazy doing some of the real time things. You know, again, you mentioned we did the Facebook live video and that's been a fun way just saying, hey, we're out here doing this or that. And what questions do you have? Because I'm talking with so-and-so from the Better Business Bureau about, you know, keeping your data safe and things like that. So people can kind of write in. And I think it's a lot less formal. So as long as people are okay with seeing us stumble around a little bit <laughs> from time to time, that's the way it's going to be. And and I think that that's, honestly, I think it's okay. It's just more yeah. genuine. It's more conversational. I think kind of exploring that platform more and having more viewer interaction versus, let, let's be real, a lot of the things now that are happening too are over social media, yep. just over the internet in general, right? And, and anybody, like you said, we're doing podcasts, we do Facebook Live video, you know, anybody can kind of do those things. And I think that's great. I think embrace it. I don't think it needs to be this journalist versus everybody else kind yeah. of thing. I think where you get the credibility as a journalist is, hey, I'm checking with sources and yep. I'm fact checking. Yep. And that's the main thing. It is interesting because I think people tend to keep journalists on. There are certain professions, maybe it's more visible professions across media that uh, the, those of us, the common folk among the world, you know, sort of revere like we hold the journalists up on a pedestal and like, oh my gosh, they're coming to my home across this, you know, this digital thing on my TV and and right, like you're like you're not a person too, <laughs> right? Until they see me moseying around Aldi with no makeup on and I've got a yeah. screaming one year old. Yeah, it's like a kid who suddenly sees a teacher in the grocery store and he's like, oh my god, you know, this is they have a life this outside. This is Schaefer Shops, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what did you think? You know, she just sits in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I love that part, yeah. actually getting out, you know, outside of the work day, too, and going yeah. to just different fun things, because I feel like I get an inside scoop on knowing what all is going on around here, all the fun <laughs> right. events. It's so much fun when you yeah. run into people and, and they want to chit chat and, and talk to you about what matters. That is be part of the fun is being in the know, right? Yeah. Going up to people that other people would like to know, and you, you've gotten to meet them and, and you can have real conversations. I, that's, that's usually like a big draw for media. Yeah. One quick qu- one question I wanted to ask was like Roku this morning. Uh, I was reading is um, an, launching like a twenty four hour twenty four seven news thing. So they're really, gonna be, yes, they're going to be and they're going to be. So fed. for those for those people who don't know who Roku is, it's R O K U, which is uh, there's a Roku stick mm-hmm. that you can plug into your computer, right? And there's a Roku little box that you can plug into your television. Right? Sorry, sorry, you don't plug into your computer. You mm-hmm. plug it into your television, mm-hmm. right? And you can download all sorts of channels to watch YouTube or or Google or Amazon, and then they have. They have, have the ability to broadcast now, and then and then yeah, so your, your you, you talk about being part of the conversation. I mean, you know, five years from now, where, how do you? Uh, what's your thoughts and how that conversation is going to adjust just from today? Oh man, that's a philosophical question. We get deep, <laughs> and, and it's, we get really deep here. Well, right? and it's the end of our workday. So We're just maybe. getting deeper. So excuse <laughs> the fogginess. I know, right? Slurp <laughs> my coffee here in the meantime. It's kind of a that's a hard question. I think. I think less and less of it will be pertinent over just your standard television. Waves, the traditional right? six your o'clock. Traditional six as o'clock. People are eating dinner. Right. Mm-hmm. Things more and more, and that's one thing that you know we even have a challenge with is making sure. Like, Rockford's a small market. You know, a lot of people out there I think are aware of that, but your staff is only so big, <laughs> so you're trying to keep things current and going online, and and that's one thing because people. I mean, you get weird hours. I got weird hours. Tons of people got. Yeah. Weird hours. They wake up. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Pee. Aside from that. Oh. 
Yeah, we're... You grab your phone, right? <laughs> <laughs> that took a direction I didn't anticipate. I should have seen that coming. What I was going to suggest was that you probably, if you're like me, go to Facebook, right? Uh, Facebook, Twitter? Well, the first thing I do is I swipe for 10 more minutes. <laughs> okay, I do that too. <laughs> I go to snooze and then snooze again. Yeah, and then I pee. Right. <laughs> and then Facebook? <laughs> Somewhere around <Okay>. right <laughs> So I, I check Facebook pretty pretty much right off the bat. Uh, I mean, you can combine a couple of those things we, while you're checking Facebook. Some generational issues in here. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I do that. I check Facebook, and and I think that's the way of it more and more. I think you're going to see a lot more broadcasting in a sense of almost over those social media outlets yeah. in a way. You know. So this is interesting to me. Now, now the the movie industry has had this issue. Uh, that now anybody can be a, anybody can be a director, right? Anybody mm-hmm. can be a producer, and you can just have this movie out on YouTube, right? That everybody can everybody can see. Now it doesn't mean they're great movies, right? There's a whole lot of crap out there now, that and it's hard to find the good stuff among uh, among the the everybody who creates something, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that the movie industry talks about is that they, is that you really have to have some sort of curation. You really have to go through some sort of expert because you don't you don't want to just release a bunch of a bunch of nonsense out there because then how do you how does a person filter through it? And if they can't filter through the noise, then they come to not trust the outlet that produces or makes the information available, right? It's Google's issue. They, they want to go to a website that people will want to go to and they'll answer your question quickly and it's usable on a mobile phone, right? Among all the billions and trillions of websites that are out there. So my, my curiosity is, is peaked. We're in the generation where everybody can communicate. Everybody can have a blog. Everybody can make a YouTube video. Everybody can Facebook live. What happens when everybody is speaking, when everybody has a voice at all times is that is that a good thing bad thing where does that lead us how do we filter through the noise to come up with anything usable during our day or do we not is it just the swiping generation where you know we wake up in the morning we forget to be because we're swiping right i don't know um I think to a degree that a lot of those voices like you said there's all these voices out there and again i think for the most part it's a really great thing I think you do have to be wary of people who maybe have an agenda uh, or, you know, who aren't obviously fact checking. Mm-hmm. That's where the journalists. But set a lot apart. of people go to that because that's 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 their what they want to or what, what they want to hear. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the news isn't always what you want to hear. But I think that you trust a journalist to go out there and, and try to get the facts right. Okay, journalists are people who are going to make mistakes from time sure. to time. But I think for the most part, you have somebody who went to school and was trained to kind of know which mm-hmm. resources to use, you know, how the best way to go about getting a story done um, beyond just some dramatic headline. Right. You need to follow it up with the facts. And I think that that's what sets apart maybe an average citizen. Not to say that they, they couldn't fact check themselves, mm-hmm. but I think if you're somebody out there and you're looking online at different things, you want to trust a, a journalist who might sound familiar, okay? Well, that's where sites like Snopes mm-hmm. came into being. Right. That everybody's talking about something, and it's not all necessarily true. And so Snopes.com you know, comes through and fact checks the thing and says, yeah, it's totally true. It's not quite true. It's partially true, right? I've, I've had this conversation with Mark Baldwin, who runs the Rockford Register Star. Mm-hmm. He thinks this whole fake news issue will end up working in a professional journalist's favor because it will circle back. That eventually, now that everybody, there's so much noise out there, eventually people will 
circle back to finding those trusted sources? Oh, I think so. I think at the end of the day, if you have a journalist and people know those people, you know, especially in our community, you see that, you know, certain reporters out there or, you know, they're going to try to give you the best facts they can. And that's it. And I think people will eventually seek that out versus a random thing here or there that maybe seems not seems really like dramatic. Right. <laughs> Those are that's a usually good indicator. The more dramatic it seems, perhaps the more you should dig a little bit. Yeah. For the right facts. And there are always two sides to every story. Very always, true. Right. Alex looking at the ceiling thinking that's not necessarily true. Well, there's there's sometimes there's just one side. Well, OK, so the, a lot of time sometimes mm-hmm. um, there's the the side that is probably most factual. Mm hmm. And you are, when when I was in journalism, you always have to get the second side. Mm-hmm. But what if the second side is not factual at all? Right. Well, right? Then you gotta... But you're supposed to present two sides. Sometimes the story yeah. is a story. Yeah. And there's really not much to a second side, but you're supposed to yeah. do that second What do you do side. in that case? Uh, well, where we always we always had to have a, an opposing voice, right, when I was at mm-hmm. the Register Star. So you would <laughs> seek out some fringe nut who, you know, to, <laughs> sorry, like I, I covered the Chesney Park politics when Steve Kuhn was there long before you. And, and getting real political. Yeah. And so you would have to, you would have to find a person who gave you something against, you know, whatever. So it, it, there's, there's some of that struggle, right? If, if, if something's really good for the community and it, it should be done, but there's, you know, you're supposed to go out and find that one person who dislikes it. Mm-hmm. So now you're giving that person 50% of uh, the weight of the story, even though he might only be five percent right. So there's that's that's a struggle, isn't it? That's true. But I do think too, and this is where social media kind of comes into play too. Okay. A lot of times we'll put that stuff on Facebook. Here's a story. Then you have everybody saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I don't believe that guy. You know what I mean? Right. Do you read the comments? <laughs> Some of the comments. Oh my lord, are interesting. <laughs> Facebook can be really brutal. <laughs> I just, I'm wondering, do is there a ter- certain type of individual who gravitates towards having to comment on things? Because, for instance, I would I don't comment. No. I hardly it Facebook a lot once you have to put your name out there. I would never comment. Early on, you always could be anonymous on comments and things like that. Really? And a lot of news outlets said, okay, no, no, you got to put your oh, real yeah, name yeah, on there. Yeah. Because right. it totally, oh, now I'm going to say this in my yeah. neighborhood. And you know, it still doesn't even stop people. Yeah. It really doesn't. It never ceases to amaze me. So Some of the comments that come our way, I'm like, okay. Didn't see that one coming. Came out of left field, but it's so much easier to say over uh, over well, Facebook. Female, right. female journalists have it worse because you get comments over how you look, right? There's a lot of that. Out uh, there. Yeah, we did an article <laughs> on that um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a magazine not all that long ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's it's uh, kind of funny to me that sometimes I get a comment here or there, like uh, one sticks out where somebody commented about my lipstick color. <laughs> and how her husband couldn't take his eyes off of my lips and that it was a bit like harlot. So <laughs> well, that's one of those things where I was like, well, it sounds like something maybe you should talk to your husband about. Mm-hmm. Also, and it's kind of flattering. you could go ahead and just listen to what I'm saying instead of just staring down my lipstick color. No, right. I, I mean, yeah, I get sometimes An- people another are Another journalist be... in town, um, who they, she got complaints when she got pregnant because they, they wanted her off the air yeah. because she was heavy. She was pregnant. Yeah. Right. Because God forbid women have babies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, that whole situation was so so incredibly frustrating. It makes your blood boil because oh, yeah. it's not fair. You want to look at the person and say, "Okay, well, yeah. let me see you then." And that's where the that's where <laughs> the social media aspect gets frustrating because you have people commenting like that and they just throw comments out there willy nilly right. and think, "Oh, well, that doesn't that wouldn't 
you know. And you, as a journalist now, I have to really protect, I and mean, part of it is protecting your own reputation and how you respond. So now you have, you're the, the almost the burden of making sure you respond in the proper way is all on you. Right? If I respond. And that's the thing, yeah. too. Sometimes I'm not going to yeah. give a comment. Right. If it if it doesn't bother me at all, I'm not going to give it the time right. of day. Yeah. Even if it bothers me a little bit and I can ditch it later, you know, people get all kinds of body shame. You just say body shaming things, whatever. Um, I'm not the only person. It goes both ways. You could be like a twig. You could be more normal sized and people are going to still find something to pick on you if, mm-hmm. especially as a woman about your weight right so i've gotten those comments before usually just kind of ignore it but there's a point where things cross the line and then at that point yeah i mean try to respectfully say something right. but you gotta stand up for yourself sometimes too and that has happened to some of the other girls at my station as well yeah. and that's too bad. just one of those things it is a shame because we're at the end of the day we're all people too we're we're, right. the, we're the ones gonna go see a movie right next to you gee wouldn't that be kind of awkward if you're sitting next to the person that you right. just slammed on social media because it was easy to do it that way and pretty cowardly at the end yeah. of the day well next time you do, next time you have to sit next to them share your popcorn okay. yeah so the <laughs> I'm just imagining would you like some popcorn <laughs> no thanks. yeah I'm, I'm you know here let me show this on the phone this is what you said you want some popcorn yes, <laughs> right would you like a coke yeah so this is interesting that media is changing you feel it's more collaborative now in nature and, and that that people have a voice but they still have to fact check and it seems that the that some of the people you talk to Alex thinks it might be swinging back to it really things do maybe need to be curated sometimes because the because you right as a newscaster will take uh will go to greater lengths maybe than the common man to uh to fact check and make sure that there is a balanced view of what's going on yeah yeah and okay. we're going to follow up usually too yeah. if there was a concern with the story and we get something about that we're going to yeah. look into it and see okay let's explore that avenue too so one of the things i watch on youtube occasionally i don't watch youtube very often but uh, one of the things I do do pass time with on YouTube are uh, bloopers, news bloopers. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> and the, my my favorite one, my favorite one is uh, a, a <laughs> uh, is when when a, there were there was a, a like a grape stomping. Oh, I love that one. I watched right? them too. <laughs> where, she okay. falls, where she falls, where she falls, oh 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 oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty terrible. Moaning off camera. So tell tell me about bloopers. <laughs> well, well, anybody who watches our show knows that it's kind of one big blooper at times. What happens no. with that? What do you get to? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you guys all just crack up in in the station, and then somebody goes, you know, check. They make a little. You've got like a, what a whiteboard in the back. Like this is the tape. This is the day. This is the time. It's just usually the director at that point. So here's the thing that's really great too about a, a morning show. Yeah. You spend so much time with each other every day. Right. At least in my experience. Okay, so my co-anchor Jay, Jay is like a brother. Okay. And that's how Kristen, our meteorologist, yeah. views him as well. So we'll like gang up on him as if two sisters would gang up on a brother. You know what yeah. I mean? And so a lot of things come from that. Then our director's in on the mix too. People I don't think they realize always all the the talent <laughs> behind the scenes too, and oh, those people yeah. pushing the buttons and stuff. But oh, he'll like pop in my ear, like we have our little you know IFB in our yeah. ears to hear cues and things, and he'll pop in with his little two cents too here and there, and and it's just kind of <laughs> funny. And he'll he'll honestly usually be the one who jots something down. He's sitting back there pushing all his buttons. And I'm like, how do you have time to even write down that blooper, Dave? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but you know we. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we generally focus on them too much. But honestly, okay, for us, the hardest time of the week is Fridays, probably when we hit our 8 o'clock hour. So if you guys want to watch some entertaining news, tune in on a Friday at 8 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) It's the last hour of the show, the last day of the week. 
Right. We aren't fully functioning and we're very tired <laughs> morning show hours are weird oh yeah so yeah what time do you have to be at the station every day oh so i get in at 3 30 oh man so i get up at 1 45 <laughs> wow. so you're pretty much nocturnal okay yeah get up get ready do my makeup all that stuff and then drive in it's a little bit of commute so that's one of those things where uh you don't you just don't especially as a mom with two little boys that oh, try to help yeah. get the boys to bed yeah it's 8 30 <laughs> you just do the math there's not yeah. a lot of sleep the world going on so quiet at that time I mean, it you is. know, if you see somebody moving around, you're like, what in the world? What? Oh, there you know. are days when I notice people going, you know, the opposite direction moves me. I'm like, wow, why are there so many cars and out like, right now? It's three a, in the morning. What are you doing? There's a lot of newscasters in this area. Exactly. Oh, I, I, used to, I used to do a, uh, a weekend job where I'd go into Chicago and do running races. And you would go in on Saturday and set it all up. Then you'd have to be back at the office and then in into Chicago at one or two in the morning. <laughs> so the yeah. first part is people are leaving the bars to go home. But yeah. then from like, two to six you're just you're in chicago by yourself and you're like wow it's quiet yeah, it's quiet yeah it's good thinking Might be a time jogger coming around really but, that's yeah. my that's my me time mm -hmm. mom with two kids mom's out there now mm -hmm. yeah, how do they do that mm -hmm. i mean how do you handle that because you have you have an ab absolutely opposite schedule of your family well here's the thing so i did work nights so i used to anchor the nine o'clock newscast at night that was actually harder um okay. in the sense of i didn't get my husband and I basically would single parent all week. Right. So at the time, it was just my my first son, Jack. So he'd be with Jack in you know the afternoons and evenings and get him to bed. Mm -hmm. I'd wake up with him while my husband would do his normal like nine to five type job. And so we were always kind of single parenting all week and never really <laughs> – we were ships passing in the night. So then when I got the opportunity to be on mornings, I was actually pregnant with my second son. And that actually works out a lot better. I get a lot less sleep, but I get to sit down and have dinner with my boys and with my husband. Oh, yeah. He travels a lot. So sometimes not my husband, but I at least get it with my boys. And as somebody who grew up with that, I grew up with always sitting down at the table with my mom, my dad, yeah. my sister. And I value that so much. So yeah. it's they're weird hours and they're not perfect for a family. But yeah. as far as broadcast hours go, yeah. it's not bad. I'd take it. So as we as we close out here, I'm sure you've got some ideas uh, what's your, what's your future hold? Where, what are your goals? What's your, what do you want to be in 10 years, 20 years? Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Christy? What do I want to be when I grow up? It's <laughs> tough to say because every adult asks that of it, themselves. Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? It's true. It is. There's a lot of times where I think about that. Um, you know, for now, I think that God's got me in the right spot. I feel every time I've ever tried to plan something mm -hmm. my way, it gets thrown in my face. So I've learned to stop. I just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And I think that the right doors are open when they're supposed to be opened. Okay. And so for me, at a time when I was working nights, I remember mm -hmm. thinking really frustrated, saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to want to do journalism much more because I think it's taking a toll on my family. Wow. Door mm -hmm. opened up to do mornings and that's better. And, and so I don't really know, I guess, down the road. I just know that I want to keep doing things. And I think really it sticks in Rockford because... Mm -hmm. I think this area has so much good and I think everybody out there needs to see it. So as long as I'm doing something in that role where I can show people that, hey, there's really good things or I can help people in some way, that's what I want to do. I just awesome. have to find the right avenue. Well, there you go. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the What Works podcast. This has been uh, a good time. We had a good time uh, before the podcast. We had a great time during the podcast. And I'm sure that we'll be seeing you on 17 Eyewitness News. Bright and early in the morning. Thanks for having me. 8 a.m. on Fridays. Yeah, tune, right, that, tune to, in to get there the bloopers. <laughs> if you want interesting TV, that's for sure. <laughs>